Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from howtodrawcomics.net and welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm here with co-host Rick Bulo, and today what we're talking about is burnout, something which many artists alike suffer from from time to time, the, the dreaded artist block it is otherwise known as, and it is just, it's a bit of a bummer. So um, what I wanted to do is ask you, Rick, to begin this episode, what does burnout mean to you, and uh, what are what what are some of the roles it's played in your artistic endeavors, and how have you gone about overcoming it? Well, it's funny you you should mention it because I'm actually going through a slight one right now that I'm working on to get better get a better from. So I think. Well, I came to you with this subject because I felt it myself and I thought it, seeing that it's in my body right now, it was a good subject to, to talk about because it's real and it's there. And just to, just to start, start up with, the, with how you asked it, I don't see the artist block and burnout being the same, in my opinion at least, because even though I'm burnt out, burnt out for me means like, it's, things are starting to hurt more than than normal because you work as you usually do and I have a, I work a lot every day if people have been listening to the previous podcasts I work like almost 10, 10 to sometimes 18 hours if I'm really really busy without even considering taking breaks a lot and stretching out which it's been fine up, up, actually up until recently, where it's, where it's been starting to like uh, really hurt both headaches and shoulder mm. pains, and the worst pain is actually in my elbow because I'm still not used to drawing 100% on the screen where I use my shoulder. Yeah, so you're talking about you're talking about real physical burnout here, not just the the mental blocks that many of us suffer from, but actual physical aching and pains. Yeah, my my uh, my uh, my my artistical uh, desire for creating is still there. It's but even though even though it's physical, it's also mental because it's it drains you mentally that you're in pain and you get annoyed by that as well. And, but yeah, uh, but I still want to draw. So that's that's why for me for me i think uh, there's a difference between the mental block and the burnout but i also am aware that they go hand in hand on many occasions as well yeah definitely it's funny because sometimes when you're feeling the most inspired and the most willing to work and the most motivated to get things done that's when you suffer physically the most because of your excitement to crack into some new project you've been working on it throughout the day for hours and hours not even noticing the time go by and then it gets to what 10 a.m uh, 10 p.m at night you've been working all day and you find that your wrist is aching with an incredible burning pain you're you've, you're experiencing lower back aches and shoulder pains and it's been because it's been because you've been so motivated to work that day that you just haven't stopped. You haven't taken any breaks in between. Yeah, I I learned that I'm beginning to. Luckily, it hasn't been really really bad because I'm 
very aware of my body when it complains. So already when I started to f feel it, I, I got, I got okay, something needs to be done. So I already started to work to against it to prevent it getting worse, worse at least. Mm. So it's really important to listen to your body as soon as as soon as you feel it, and not just throw it away like yeah, it's gonna be fine because nine times out out of ten, it's just, it's not gonna be fine. It's gonna linger and it's gonna add up and add up and add up. I got a friend who completely he can't he can't he can barely use his wrist for anything without it hurting now and he was a he was a professional art teacher and everything in uh, from uh, the animation workshop that's rather popular here in Denmark that's also known throughout the world wow what 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 is it called uh the animation workshop university thing i can't really okay. remember right now you know me, I'm not good with names when I have to <laughs> talk about them. That's when I forget them. Totally. So, well, I mean, that. so that's another thing, right? Because I remember back when I was going to uni, I had a big project that was due in in the next few days. And because I was an ambitious young uni student, I wanted to do my best on this particular project. And what that involved was a whole bunch of concepts for this video game assignment, right? So video games, comics have kind of mingled in between both worlds a lot of the time. But for this particular project, I had a couple of scenes that I had to draw up, each requiring highly detailed and articulated line work and then coloring on top of that. And so I got stuck into it and I did not sleep, right? I was up all night drawing and inking and then a few days later, I had this pain in my wrist, which was so great that I couldn't even bend it a slight amount. Like I couldn't, it, like, I couldn't let it bend. I had to keep it 100% straight because it was just too painful. I couldn't do push-ups, right? I couldn't keep my, I couldn't put my hand flat against the ground or the wall because it was just such an impossible pain to handle that, again, I had no other choice but to keep it straight. So I, of course, saw the doctor and seeked medical attention because it got that bad. And uh, I said to the doc, listen, I know that this is because I've been working so hard on my drawing. I'm an artist. And I made sure that I told him that. And I said that stopping my art and my craft wasn't an option. But he said that I had no other choice. He said that for the next few weeks, possibly the next few months, I would have to really cut back the amount of time I spent using that hand. And um, it really sucked big time because I, you know, when it comes to repetitive strain injury, which is what it turned out I'd had and what I'd given myself from using my wrist so much without any breaks in between, and that's the key to avoiding this is taking breaks every now and then, um, it takes a very long time for that stuff to heal. And so it it really is one of the worst things that can happen to an artist because, again, it's not that you're overworking your wrist when you're feeling unmotivated and not in the mood to draw. It's usually when you're going to be in the mood to draw that you overwork physically and end up injuring yourself in one way or the other unless you've been taking breaks in between. So what I'd like to ask you, Rick, is what are your thoughts on when you're working in say the comic book industry or the video game industry or just some other industry where you're an artist and you're required to meet a deadline 
how do you achieve that without working and without going overboard so much so that you end up injuring yourself physically in one way? And, you know, I think the key areas of injury for an artist is usually going to be the shoulder, the back or the wrist. I know that uh, Erica, my, my wonderful partner, she's been recently teaching a lot in her art classes and she's been experiencing lower back pain. She's got to go to the the, the myotherapist and make sure that, uh, or the chiropractor, sorry, and, and make sure that the, she gets sorted out with that stuff. So it is indeed a real issue that we artists face, <laughs> even though you couldn't, you couldn't necessarily call what we do uh, physical labor as such, it kind of is in a way. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not uh, working on buildings daily and everything, but, but then again, you are doing the exact same motion for hours on end. And if you don't take care of yourself, you're gonna get broken easily. Then, then, for example, a, a worker at a that works with buildings because they move around, they use all their body. We don't, and our body oh, is, and our body is attuned uh, combined together in muscles and if you use one muscle another muscle automatically starts relaxing more and so forth that which is proven so if you continue to focus on using only one muscle well the others will also uh, you will also feel it in the others i mean surely you've seen when you've sat around for like hours on end and just drawing and the first time you stand up you're you're the muscles behind your shin bone, I can again, quad muscles. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shin, shin bones, quad muscles, leg they, muscles in general are usually. Yeah, they're really <laughs> stiff. They, they're really stiff when you stand up after all. Uh, after all that time, even though you've been sitting in a, what you think is a relaxing way, they're still stiff. Sometimes, like I have to, I have to walk on. So, almost on to on my toes before I am able to put my heel down because they're so stiff because I wow. I forget to move them around you need to move your legs around even though you don't move uh, use them remember to move your legs around even when you're sitting that's important I learned that and it's weird it's weird because logically you sit down why would you, you <coughs> why would you have need to move your legs when it, when they're relaxing but I'm sure you felt it if you sat down a lot that your legs are also when you stand up again having trouble in mm. some way or, or the other. But to answer your question, which I again almost forgot, I have uh, the Dude. best way the best way to get over it like the the deadlines and such is uh, a simple word I talked about it before is Pomodoro technique. Mm -hmm. I've heard so much about it and I I'm slowly getting into it, slowly myself getting into it. I did. I decided not to jump straight in and just go big or go home with that one, but work myself into it so it became more natural, easier. And it gets better mm. because it's like every half hour you take a five minute break and you use that to go away from the PC, take a slight walk and stretch out, sit down. Then every two hours, there's half an hour per hour break where you can get something to eat, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. And it gives you your body, and it reminds yourself as well because you put a clock on it to to move around and not forget. It brings it brings you out of the the zone for 
that brief moment. And it also helps you when you get back to your art because then you can say, oh, there's some mistakes there that I might not have seen if I was so deeply focused in, in it. Yeah, absolutely. That That is one of the main reasons why I make it a habit to, well, you know, I'm kind of addicted to coffee. I'm a coffee addict. And so, uh, I mean, there's really no excuses for me. But one of the uh, pros of being a coffee addict is that I do get to get up, get away from my work for a couple minutes and then come back to it with a fresh perspective, which I think is very important because, uh, you know, you're always calling me out for that tunnel vision, Rick, and I do get tunnel vision a lot of the time. And sometimes I'm, you know, I'm working on a piece for hours on end and I'm just not sure whether or not it's coming together in the way that I want it to come together unless I break away from it for a, for at least a small uh, amount of time. Um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I think the, the Pomodoro technique, is that what it's called? Am I pronouncing that right? Um, it was suggested to me, actually, again, back in my uni days by one of the lecturers that I'd had in, in the class that I was in. And it was something that I never really picked up, uh, to be honest, um, just because... Uh, I was never very good at keeping schedules or being on a timer. Like for me to be able to be creative, I really had to feel as though I had the freedom of time at my disposal. And so, working on you know on a timeline in that way, knowing that it it, it would almost produce a kind of anxiety for me, just knowing that in the next few minutes that alarm was going to go off and I'd have to put the pencil down and take a break. Um, so I kind of just went by the whim of it all. And, and, you know, when I decided that I needed a break, just naturally, I'd take the break and, and I'd do it that way. But I think that the danger in doing that is we get very engrossed in what it is that we're working on. And we don't notice that we've been spending such a large amount of time in one sitting working on that particular piece that you know, these, these injuries and these aches and these pains can kind of sneak up on us in the long run and, and really take a toll. And I guess that, you know, that's one of the amazing things about art is you can kind of get lost in it, right? Uh, which is what's amazing about it. But on the other hand, uh, because we do get so engrossed, it can make us, uh, I guess, you know, maybe not uh, cultivate the best habits. And we do indeed need good habits if we want to preserve ourselves as artists, especially later on down the line. We don't, of course, want to encourage things such as arthritis or other uh, <laughs> terminal artistic diseases um, that can affect our, our working abilities in that way. I totally agree. I had, to, uh, I had it the same way like you that would schedule that it would take away the feel of freedom and everything. But that changed when I became a father, actually, because then you kind of have to put everything in schedule to make things work. So Yeah, totally. So if you're not up for Pomodoro, maybe consider babies. Oh, babies, yeah. Well, maybe in the next few years, I will uh, definitely take you up on that, Rick. You never know. I mean... Oh, you're not... <laughs> you're not... Oh, okay. Okay, done. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, so then, Rick, there is that other side of burnout um, where, of course, we've got the physical, and we can talk about some of the ways in which we can kind of uh, prevent some of those physical um, forms of burnout from manifesting. But 
I'd like to talk for a moment just about the the mental burnout that many of us experience because like you've been experiencing a little bit of a burnout and it hasn't been serious I've kind of been staving it off a little bit but it does come and go it kind of comes and knocks on the door and then runs away before I can open it but um you know I, I feel the onset of mental burnout sometimes especially having worked on large longer scheme projects such as the the how to draw female heads course as you know and it can be difficult to, to keep the motivation up, especially when you do run into roadblocks. It can kind of feel depressing. You start asking yourself questions like, is it all worth it? Should I keep going with this thing, right? Um, how do you fight back against mental burnout? Have you experienced it? Are you experiencing it? And what are some of the, the techniques that you have in terms of getting around it and, and getting on with the work, doing what needs to be done, even when you may not necessarily be in the mood or the, the right headspace to do it? Well, in order to, to like prevent the mental burnout, again, I'm not promoting having babies on mass, but I, <laughs> it, it did help me having a daughter that, that needs my attention sometimes and, and, I, I, and I need to take her out and just relax because get away, take a day off now and again, force yourself to take a day off in order to relax your head. It, it works wonders what, what, what a day, just what a few hours outside long away from art can do to you. We spoke about this just before we started recording as well, that I slept an hour later than you, more than usual uh, mm. last night. And I woke up more refreshed and ready than ever. My body fell over, overpowered almost so to speak I felt like I would take over, take on the world so it's the little things the small uh, small things to change like allow yourself to when it's the weekend allow yourself like Sundays Sundays be without art at least for at least for the until after evening evening dinner time and do something something special with your with your partner, for example. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that they, you're 100% right on that. It sometimes can just be a matter of getting that extra hour of sleep. Because, look, here's the thing. If you're feeling mentally exhausted, then you're not going to have a whole lot of capacity to be creative if, if, if you know, you're not on top of your game. So getting enough sleep, making sure that you're not burning the candle at both ends, and ensuring that you're resting yourself, that you're nurturing yourself, that you're re-energizing and doing things that re-energize you. Because look, look, I, I love going out for a, for a drink with my pals on the weekend as much as the next guy. But you know what? Is As much as that is relaxing, it's not really re-energizing. In fact, all you're going to get the next day is probably hangover and you're still not going to be motivated to do any art, let me tell you that. But uh, at the same time, um, if you can get into some meditation, maybe, you know, take some time out, 20 minutes a day, just to rest your mind, recenter, get your head back into the, the space that it needs to be in to be at its best. And again, get I think getting sleep, because we live in a society now where we are so stimulated when we're awake, you know, we got social media, phones, emails movies, video, everything that you could possibly think of demanding our attention. 
Um, and we don't get very good sleep because of that. In fact, it takes our brain way, way longer to wind down these days than it used to, um, just because we're, we're dealing with so much artificial lighting, even when the sun has gone down. Um, and then, you know, just because of the busy lifestyles we lead, I mean, most of us, if we've got a normal day job, aren't going to get the uh, the beauty sleep um, that, that we might wish we'd be able to get on the on the weekends. Um, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm in a very fortunate place where I can kind of pick my own hours. So if I do have a late night, I can kind of sleep in a little bit, um, you know, and I work on my own clock in that way, but most people don't, right? <laughs> people have places that they need to be at specific times. And, it, and you also feel bad if you work up too late, like, oh, now I, now I can be around with my, with my partner as much as I maybe have wanted to and you put yourself down mentally as well even though you get your can work out your own hours i don't know if that's for you for you but i remember it was for me that uh, i i could have done so much but i had to sleep because i worked work late at night instead if you know what i mean oh dude, so, dude, so totally so, so that can hurt you as well so that so so mentally that how much in the end is that gonna help you so yeah, so uh, a scheduled sleep is really important and if you can take an hour more sometimes yeah, don't do it don't 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 make your body used to to taking that one hour one hour extra times but do it randomly when you when you know you can't just okay I'll sleep but it will do wonders when you do something surprising for your body also something Absolutely. I, I I've started doing a dabble up bit and I know it sounds maybe a little girlish but yoga <laughs> half an hour yoga half an hour yoga a day or something like that in between uh, in between your pomodoro breaks also works works wonders because you get stressed out you get you use your muscles you get a sweat on and you can sit down again and you can start continue working because then your your whole body is warmed up and your your muscle pains have gone, and yoga works wonders. Heck yeah. And look, nobody else is going to want to hear this either, because, um, you know, I, I know that what we're saying is, you know, it's it, it sounds like we're, we're some kind of, we're a pair of health nuts. But, um, you know, uh, to be honest, yoga, yes. Heck yeah, meditation, yes. And on top of that, going to the gym, hitting the gym for half an hour, getting a little bit of exercise, eating right. Look, what it all comes down to is the fact that the creator, you as a person, me, you, Rick, the listeners out there, all of this comes from you, right? And so it only makes sense to look after the prize, to look after the goose that lays the golden eggs in order to be able to keep creating them, right? So you want to be looking after your body and your mind and, you know, yourself for that matter through the yoga and meditation in order to be at your most creative, in order to be or at least give yourself the best chance of being motivated and to smash past any potential burnout that might crop up along the way. Totally, because if you don't do it, you're going you're gonna to get screwed, to say it, say it lightly. I mean, I've luckily never had wrist pains in in that sense because I've was was taught from uh, from a friendly artist uh, f from the beginning to always hold your 
wrist stiff when you draw. And that luckily have saved me a lot of pain, I'm sure. And instead use your, uh, a mix of your elbow and your shoulder to draw with. Yeah. So that, yeah, totally. that helped me a lot. And, but you're right, the mental, the mental burnout is the one that's the most sneaky because with the physical you can feel the pain sneak up on you, but the mental is harder to, to figure out before it, uh, before it just hits you straight in the face and the block comes and you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't even want to get up and work. And you get the same feeling as if you had a normal day job work, like, ugh, I just don't want to. And there, therein lies the problem, the most, in my opinion. I've luckily never had it that way in that sense because I apparently was gifted when I went birth with the ability to always have a creative mind that I could always have get ideas in my head for drawings, or at least it only took me one video on YouTube, speed paid on YouTube, to get my juices flowing. So in that sense, I've been lucky compared to what I've seen other people struggling against. We talked about this before where I, where I, where I don't really have, have that feeling of direct art block, but the burnout I feel, feel, and that's what I'm struggling with right now is, okay, I can sleep that hour extra, but if, I, if my body get, and brain gets used to that, then it won't work, and then I'll have to sleep another hour extra, and suddenly it's 10 hours, suddenly it's, and that, that's not gonna help anything in the long run either. So right now I'm str I'm trying to force myself into finding an, uh, another hobby to take that takes me away from art as much as possible. So I'm I've I've started to go back into the gym more myself. I usually I never I used to never go to the gym to be honest. Well, heck, it's not the it's not the worst last uh, decision that you could make. <laughs> no, and it's also and and it may be physical helpful, but it's also mental helpful because you get all those all go those juices, uh, those good things in your brain flowing as well. Those pheromones and, and whatever they're called. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So it's so not. What you... Go on. So so what do you, what so what else are you going to do to to get past the the physical reactions that your body is having to the art side of things? Are you just going to do art less now? Are you going to have to kind of take your pedal your 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 foot off the pedal on that one, or is there a different approach that you're maybe going to take? Maybe in terms of your workspace, um, the the way in which you use. The, the tools at your disposal and your hands and, and your back and that kind of thing. Uh, two days ago I ordered uh, one of those tables that can be raised and lowered, actually. The ones you stand up at, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Great. So, so you can choose, choose to have those because if you stand up, then you automatically use your body more, after all. Yeah, it's a very healthy, healthy thing to have one of those desks. Uh, so I've been told. So I'm looking forward to try uh, trying those out and see if I can get used to used to them. But I think with the Pomodoro effect uh, technique going as well, it'll be easy to remind myself when I have to break. Okay, I need to lower the table. I need to raise the table and so forth. So that I think is gonna be helpful as well. Plus I've moved my moved my. Uh, Cintiq screen over to the 
left side instead of the right, so I move in another way than usual. Just to uh, just to get another twist in my body when I when I move around. Uh, it's a little thing, but I have a feeling that but little things do wonders in the end after all so changing it up a little changing your desk desk up a little from now and again do something different now and again when on your workspace can only can only help you also mm. yeah one of the things i did for my wrist was uh, i ended up getting a wristband that had magnets lined around it so that it would help I'm assuming the the blood in my wrist flow a little bit better because of the iron in the blood and the magnetism, et cetera, et cetera, right? So um, I'm assuming it does something magical there because it has really helped in terms of allowing me to draw for long periods of time uh, without in, in uh, inciting injury upon my being. So, um, you know, that's one thing as well. So there are these little things that you can do, these... Um, approaches that you can take to the way in which you work in order to ensure that your your own well-being as you're producing the the artwork that you're creating and i think it's important to be aware of those things because if you are experiencing you know like for example what rick's experiencing which is you know your your back pains and your, your stiff legs and that kind of thing or you're experiencing wrist pains again you know just pains throughout your body it's important to know that other people are also experiencing that as well. And many of them, especially the professionals out there, have come across solutions to help solve those problems. So, um, you know, you're not alone. And in fact, there there is an entire industry built on top of helping artists to work hard without necessarily damaging themselves. I agree. There's luckily a lot of help to get because... We're not the first artist with this problem, and we're probably not going to be the last either. So there's a lot of help to get if you if you know what to look for. The Pomodoro effect, I need to make a shout out again to Jonathan Rector. He was the one who showed it to me via one of his YouTube videos uh, two years or so ago on his YouTube channel. And yeah, really started with just just when i started getting into that just the small steps i could i could feel a change in 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 my in my physical physical body there so yeah, yeah. so so to to sum it up uh, to sum it up a little so we don't keep going around in circle, uh, circles to sum it up a little what 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 did what have we gotten to we've gotten to try the pomodoro effect try yoga Meditation. Meditation. Just exercise. Take, sleep. Exercise and sleep. Take a walk. I know it sounds Heck simple. Yeah, I know it sounds so simple. <laughs> sounds so simple, but just take a walk. Take it's kind of walk. common sense, isn't it? Yeah, but when when you're in the problem, those common sense easily gets blinded, and when you then is told, you're like, eh, I know that, mm. but you don't really know that it actually helps as much as it do. Totally. And if you're working digitally as well, there's eye strain. I mean, heck, if you're working traditionally and you, you've got very intricate details that you're working on, that can also cause eye strain. So. I actually got an application that can help with the eye strain on the PC doing, uh, doing, oh, well, doing, share. 
doing night what is it? nighttime. It's called F dot locks, and it basically it basically changes your it changes the light on your screen to a more darky, more dark orange than normal when it becomes nighttime. So it, the the light isn't as straining to your eyes and as usual, and it really helps me also f- helps me feel tired. Yeah, that's what it's there for. Is is that it, it kind of simulates a different type of lighting that allows your eyes to realize that it's actually nighttime now. <laughs> exactly, and it's 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 really helpful as well. It's a simple little thing, and it's free on the internet. F dot Google that, and you got it. Cool. So, Rick, you you mentioned that you know you you've been a sufferer of the physical burnout but not so much the mental burnout. Now, why is that? Why haven't you, a, a creative person such as yourself who does work so hard and has this ability to be so dedicated to your work, to be motivated every single day and, and to have that kind of mindset, why does that not ever waver? Were you? Just, is it just that you were brought up that way and it never occurred to you? Or is it a habit? What is it? I, I do believe that uh, much of it has to do with my military upbringing, as I spoke about a lot as well. My father was in the uh, military and that mindset was in the whole family. And I, I think it has something to do with that. I, I can't give you an honest answer, to be honest, because when I think of it, it's like, well, it's just been in me. I just... I just choose to call it a natural gift I have that mm. but I do believe it's an uh, it's something of an upbringing because I am dedicated I am focused I am I have to I have more willpower in my head and can get stubborn more stubborn than other people uh, other people I meet are because and I do think think it's the militant focus and discipline that I have in me so it's a habit, really. So if there was, if you could somehow consolidate those habits that you have cultivated from that military upbringing into a set of characteristics that other people like me and like the listeners out there could take on board, would there be a few that you could share with us or would it, is it a bit too kind of ambiguous for you to really put a finger on? Oh, no, I... I'd have to say on the spot, I can't really get come up with something. But if I had time to like work it out, I'm sure I'm sure I could come up with some good uh, yeah. some good advice for it. You know how it is. But when if it's something that's just in your body, you you really don't think mm. about it as much. But one one training thing is well, I know with artists wants to feel a freedom, but you got to be realistic, man. There's no there's no that that feel of freedom uh, basically in the end will hurt you more than it will uh, help you 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 need to mm. be you need to be strict on on yourself and your work hours and your schedule to an extent to an extent i might add you can still be free but not as much as you perhaps want to be i uh, i think that's the best advice right now i can come up with is mm. realize and admit to yourself that even though even though artists have more freedom you still have to keep yourself on on lockdown so to speak totally especially if you want a career in this and 
I get that, man. Like, you know, it, it's funny because I used to be so much like you, Rick. I, I used to have this this <laughs> very straightforward work ethic where I could every single day wake up, be productive, get stuck into whatever it was I was working on, and I'd be able to produce every single day. But that seems to be becoming something that seems harder and harder to keep you on going why? with the, old, the older that I get. You know why? Or at least why, why I think why is because there's, because there's no because when you could do that, let me guess you were at school, right? You you had a you had an actual work work you had to get up to. You had school to get up to, right? Yes, totally. You don't you don't have that now, in the same no. in the same sense, and that's the issue because, again, that's the freedom you you put on yourself that is not that's not necessarily as as good as it may feel like. Mm. You you need that schedule to say okay I need to get be up there for that or that reason even even if you have to la- make up a reason to to mentally yeah. to mentally make you get up you need to get up there at then and there because else and it, it will happen as, as 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 you because it did it did with me as well at some at some point when I just moved alone and I was like yes there's no there's no one watching out out and pummeling my door down and yelling at me like a sergeant if I'm not up at time. <laughs> so what did you do to to get past that then? When it was just you and you were the only one that could push yourself to keep on going, how did you do that without anyone there to make you accountable? I remembered the feelings and the 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 mindset I had back when I could when I could do it because even though it may have felt like just a capital thing there's still a different way you think when you do it and I tried to go back and remember how how was I acting how was I doing things differently than I do now and I started started going back okay okay I, I had someone yelling at me if I didn't do it but most of the time I did do it because of I felt it was needed to be to be on time is has always been important to me. I'm sure seeing you your teacher being on time when when you need to be is also important to you. Mm, so take so, yeah. so take that so take that feeling when you need to be on time and bring that to you when you don't necessarily need it, but put that into your mindset there as well, if that makes sense. Well, that's really cool, man. So just like really try to get back into that feeling, that that mindset of those times in your life when you did need to be at a particular place on time and have something done by a particular date. Yeah, because we can also, whenever we have, even though how how, how much we sleep and all that, if we know we have to get up in the in the next day, it automatically mm-hmm. becomes part of you, and you wake up the next day because you prepare for it. Why can't you do that even though you don't have something the next day? If you understand what I mean, that's that's mental. That's that's your own me- uh, mental fault, so to speak. That that it it's not happening as it does if you had it. Yeah, it's really interesting that you bring the whole mindset uh, topic up, Rick. Actually, because. You know, recently, as you know, I've been I've been struggling with this perfectionism, and it really has been a massive problem for me. And 
um, it, it's been a diabolical problem, really, because I haven't been able to to get these big projects that I have in the works done at all. Like, they never see the light of day because I go back and I redo them because they're just not good enough, right? And and it's been a massive problem for me. But up until recently, uh, what I realized was is that I can't expect myself to be perfect. All I can give of myself is what I'm capable of right now. And what I'm capable of right now is valuable and it is going to benefit people out there. But that's never going to happen if I have these unreachable expectations that I'm putting on myself and and that I, I'm pushing myself to get to because it's just a, you know, it's a faux destination. It's never going to happen. And, and even if you wanted to or not, those expectations you portray in what in your work and those who read it also get that feeling of those expectations. So you're actually put it, putting it forward whether you want to or not because everything you do is absolutely perfect. If you mm. are, like, I, I have, I've, I've been thinking of wanting to give you a challenge to, to, to like, to like fight your perfectionism a little. That's start putting out half finished jobs on your, on your, on your artist page on Facebook. Yeah. Don't yeah, totally. stop, stop doing it for the next month. When you, when you just done sketches, even though you say, oh, it's not finished. Put it up anyways. Don't make excuses in your comments. Put it up anyways. See people's reactions. Mm. I'll bet you my liver. Oh, not really because <laughs> my liver is not worth a lot. But yeah, <laughs> I'll bet anything that you'll get the same positive reactions. Not because of mm. that your art is half finished or your art is perfectly finished, but because mm. you show that you have skill that you want to teach others. That's what people want mm. from you. People want. People are not looking to you for your perfectionism. People are looking for you because you you promise and you deliver valuable teachings. And then it doesn't matter how how they how the art looks as long as the teachings are understandable and you can you can teach just by doing sketches. Yeah, and that's what I mean by that mindset that you were speaking of before. Is that what I've started doing is instead of being in this mindset of expectation uh, and, and, perf and perfection, what I've started doing is I've started getting myself back into the place that I'm in when I'm just enjoying the process of creating, when I'm absorbed in the act of creating. And I've found that that has been when I've done my best work and I've been able to let go of that perfectionism and those expectations and produce some of the best stuff that I've ever produced, um, you know, specifically talking about this course. Um, and I was going to take it one step further, actually, you know, going back to your suggestion of actually putting some of that stuff out there. Uh, what I was going to do is release small episodes or parts of the course, just chapters onto websites such as Skillshare that kind of cater toward uh, smaller lesson type content rather than full courses, because at least then I'd be able to force myself to get it out and it'd be out there and that'd be it and I couldn't go back and redo it if I wanted to right exactly that's a that's a good point I I, uh, I have actually have some uh, something that to show a little more what I mean your venom sketch you put out yeah. that was pretty dope huh? that wasn't finished <laughs> or wasn't even perfect to begin with because it wasn't mm. it wasn't finished so but did it get less 
acknowledgement. No. Uh, no, it didn't. I I truly believe as well. Comment wise, it got more acknowledgement because you showed some. You showed a step in you in in how you did things as well, and that should show you that people are equally interested in your finished work than they are in your half finished work. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right as well. You know, a lot of the time what gets the biggest reaction is artwork that is in process, progress, um, where people are able to get an inside look into what the artwork looks like thus far before it's yet done. And I found that I guess people really connect with that because you're right, Rick, they get to have the inside scoop on how this stuff is produced. And I think that, you know, to going back to the Venom example, that was also an artwork that I had a lot of fun creating where I was just doing it for the hell of it, right? Where I was just having fun and doing it for no other reason but that. And I put it out there and I think people saw that. And that's really where I want to be at with this course because, you know, I've been so caught up in trying to show people exactly how to execute these steps, but it's all a lie. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, art is messy. There is no one set of steps that are going to get you a perfect piece of artwork all the time, and that is what I should be teaching aspiring artists, not not giving them this this process um, that that I'm saying is going to work for them perfectly 100% of the time because it's just not. It's you know, art is called art for a reason. It's because it's not math. It's not science. It doesn't always work the way that you think it's going to work. And there's no set in stone formula that you can follow every time in order to achieve a 100% exact same result. And you know what? That's where the fun comes in. That's why art is so brilliant, because it's kind of unpredictable in that way. You just don't know what you're going to end up with going into it. I would rather look at, look at a course, uh, like even from a book or, or on the internet, where the artists show them their sketches and the progress rather than finished work. Because if I look at their finished work, I'm like, okay, wow, I can, I'll never get there, you know? Uh, that's, <laughs> well, yeah. that's the feeling. Uh, that's the feeling people get when they read uh, they read it and watch it, and that's easy to forget when you're the one that's producing the course because you want to show them the best in your head at least. But that's yeah. not always the best. What the artists, what the others want to see. So yeah, that's the base. That's the basic advice I can give you. That's it. Don't be in your own head. Be in your be being the people's heads that you're creating it for. Yeah, it's just going to make it that much more relatable, isn't it? And it won't be as intimidating. And it's so funny because I do forget that, Rick. Even though every time I walk into the classroom, I'm seeing students there that they look. I'll show them my portfolio. I'll show them the work that I do just to kind of give them a little bit of background knowledge on who I am and to kind of tell them that I practice what I preach and that kind of thing. But the, you know, the moment they see that, they just freak out and they, they get so intimidated and, and it kind of becomes this impossible to reach destination for them. And and it's in those moments that I want to tell them the most that, hey, 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 it didn't start out like this. It went through a whole bunch of steps that are teachable. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, and then I delve into the teaching side of things where I teach them how to get there. But um, I think that, that you're right in that it, it can be very intimidating. 
especially when a student feels as though we've somehow achieved these immaculate illustrations, these immaculate examples of comic book art without making any mistakes along the way. But the truth is there's never an illustration that I create where I haven't pulled out the eraser a hundred times in order to get to the finished result. Exactly. Well, that, you can you can actually see that in some of your speed paints if you slowed a little down, how much you actually also... Even though even yeah. though even though you do it there and you're prepared for it there, there's st- you're still working a lot to change things up as you progress and all and such. And that's why I think many like your speed paint teachings as well, because they don't just see the finished work, they also see your struggles. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I guess that's what I wanted to share in this episode as well, is that, hey, man, like, we both are, you know, we're doing this podcast here for the the people of How to Draw Comics, the the group, the the website, and, and the people who benefit from it. And, and they kind of look up to us, maybe in some way, but at the same time, we, we also suffer from, from burnout and, and we also make mistakes. We're just like anybody else. Um, we're, we're all in the same boat ultimately. And I think that sometimes it's not so much being able to give advice that is going to be the most valuable, but just being able to relate with one another. And that's, that's also a good mindset to have when you teach to remember yep. that it has to be relatable because you can easily forget that as well absolutely man so with that being said there's 10 minutes to go i have something mm. fun i want to do with you if, unless you have oh. something more to add oh no no i think that that pretty much wraps it up shall we do a really quick consolidation just for the viewers to to take home so guys when it comes to getting past burnout remember to take breaks walk away for a little bit have some time to mentally wind down maybe with a spot of meditation maybe with an extra hour of sleep um make sure that you're exercising that you're eating healthy because you want to be in peak condition in order to be creative and to feel motivated to execute on this stuff and then you know ultimately just make sure that as much as you want to get the work done that you're looking after number one right because again you got to make sure that the the goose that lays the golden eggs is going is isn't going to you know suffer too much right you want to make sure that you're keeping yourself in peak condition in order to produce the best work that you can um, how about you Rick on the on the physical side of things I kind of touched on the mindset attributes there but well yeah but it's basically the same in a way because what what helps your body physically also helps your body mentally it's combined after all so yeah take breaks be and also try and be disciplined with it, with your work yeah uh, that's how that's how i work at least and that's what ha- has helped me for so long as it has as uh, as we spoke of and yeah be dis- be di- be dis- disciplined <laughs> tell yourself <laughs> And tell yourself in your head when you when you work and when you take breaks, don't just ah eh, I'll work whenever and eh, I'll take breaks whenever. You need to have a mindset of w- when to do what in order to succeed proper properly in my head. Totally, and that's that military mindset coming through there from Rick. 
Well, some some or some would say that I, I I usually just call it say call it basic. It's it it should be a basic mindset to have. Yeah, that's right. But it's easily forgotten, of course. Yeah. So. All right, Rick. So, what do you want to try? Uh, how experiment? how good uh, how good are your 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 comic book trivia? Um. Probably not very. Because, okay, because I, I have um, I have one he- I have a trivia here that I wanted to run by you. Oh no, I'm <laughs> gonna embarrass myself here. But okay, I mean okay. nothing's changed there, so let's do it. They're actually kind of hard. Oh okay. Let's go. Uh, all right. Listen to me fail, people. Listen to me fail. <laughs> well, you can always try and do uh, one up me uh, next maybe, time. Maybe I'll surprise myself. I don't know. Maybe maybe okay. I'll be better at this than I think I'm gonna be. Okay. One number one. What superhero was born with the curse of Cordex? <clears throat> there's help. There's help. Was it Captain Marvel, Aquaman, Hawkman, or Ghost Rider? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Aquaman. Let's see. <laughs> ding ding ding! It said you were right. Really? No yeah. way. Born of Dude, r- nice. <clears throat> Born of royal Atlantean blood, Aquaman, the infant, pr- the infant prince Orin, was abandoned for having blonde hair, which, according to Atlantean myth, signifies the curse of Cordax. Wow, that was good. Yeah, there you go. I surprised myself. You should, you, 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 should know this in the next one as well. What supervillain oh. was created when Emil Blonsky accidentally exposed himself to a concentrated burst of gamma rays? Was it by Beast, Doc Samson, Abomination, or the leader? Uh, what was the first one? By Beast. By Beast. I mean, he sounds like you know. Uh, but he ca- sounds like the product of something like that. All right. Wrong. It was the ab- the Abomination. You don't remember the f- second Hulk movie? Oh no, oh. no, I don't. Okay, but you know I dig it. Was that the one with Edward Norton? Yeah, yeah, man, I love that one. I dug that. That was. A... I should have remembered. Oh, gamma yeah. radiation. <laughs> of course. Gamma ray. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you, you'll get this one. God damn it, Clayton. <sighs> Disappointed you, but hey, you know I should have quit while I was ahead on the first <laughs> one, eh? You have a chance to make up for it. Let's do this. Let's see. What superhero grew up on the planet Tamaran? Was it Ultra Tamar- Boy, Starfire, the Silver Surfer, or Hawk Girl? Uh, Silver Surfer. Wrong. I do believe Damn. it was Hawk Girl. No, not either. Hawk- hang on, hang, hang on. It was Starfire. What? Oh, Starfire. I thought you said Starfighter from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, well, okay, so you 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 get a pass on this one, accusing me for being a bad at English. Thank you for that. But yeah, oh, nah, okay. it's okay. Starfire, Starfighter, yeah. This one, Starfire. this one, Clayton. I will stop my podcasting, co-hosting with you if you don't under- if you don't guess this one right. Oh no. Well, now the prep is on. Now I just feel. All... No, 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 no. Just, just breathe. Okay. Diavis. Dia- Jarvis serves right. as butler to what super team? Teen Titans, Fantastic Four, 
The Aventures und Justice League. Tiaves. Uh, the, the Avengers? Correct! Nice. I thought he rung a bell. There you go. See, well, you know what? Two out of four ain't bad. Two out of four, so should we make it uh, two out of, uh, three out of five? I don't know. Have you got another question there lined up for I, me? I have, a, I have a hard one, but even though I do believe you might know it because you've we've spoke we've spoken and you also i do believe you drawn this guy i don't know no before i confuse before i confuse you too much who was the first ever costume superhero crimson crimson adventure superman arrow or the phantom um, costume superhero. Oh man, that's gotta be like a toss-up between the Phantom and Superman. Yeah. Um, I'm actually also indecisive on that one between those two. That's really tough. Um, the I... first costume superhero. That's tough. Um, look, I'm gonna go with the Phantom just because I like him better than Superman. I, I, that was my player decision as well. Let's see. I'm gonna press it. Ding, ding, ding. The no way. The Phantom was the first fictional hero to wear the skin-tight costume, which has become a hallmark of comic book superheroes. He first, no. he first appeared in a daily newspaper strip on February 17th, 1936. Wow, that is super cool, man. I'm the biggest Phantom fan there is. I love the Phantom. So, you know, and it's funny because... I remember back when I was doing one of the first tutorials for how to draw comics.net, I was talking about the the fact that, you know, many superheroes, you know, such as Batman and, um, and uh, you know, the Phantom and the, the Spider-Man, you know, they have the whites where the eyes should be, um, you know, no, no pupils. And supposedly it was actually the Phantom that w was the originator of that. Um, the creator actually designed his eyes to be that way um, because of the Greek statues in ancient Rome and the ways in which, because the fact that they had a lack of pupils in an iris, you could never really tell where they were looking. And so they always seemed as though they were watching you. And that would, hel and that would also help them in a fight because fighters yeah. usually look each other in the eyes for reactions. Totally, exactly. I, so I also remember... I think that was one of the, our first really long conversations over the internet we had when you put that up because you were talking about because you found it funny when you realized that he had different colors depending on what part of the world he was in. It totally. Where he, was, where, he, where he was where he was purple in one and then blue in another. Yeah. And we had a long talk about that when I when I mentioned it that that he was blue in Scandinavia. Yeah, totally, totally. I have the the blue the blue statue actually sitting on my shelf right now. Yeah, you bragged and, uh, you bragged about that as well, and I was like, ah, good on you. Then you you got the I right color. You got the right color. I yeah, really. Well, I, I need to. That, that phantom looks a lot scarier, actually. Um, he, like the the story is there. You know, I have seen a few of the the artworks from it from the artist who does them over there mm. in uh, Scandinavia or that region of the world. And, yeah, a lot of those comic books look like they, you know, a lot of uh, witch doctors and kind of like, you know. They're a little more occult and dark than the, yeah, yeah. Than the I wanna, purple one. 
I travel there and get one, a genuine Scandinavian phantom comic. Well, but, I could, uh, I could, I could maybe send you one if I find one because they are really <laughs> rare well, here in Denmark as well. Oh, cool! Yeah, well, but for sure. One, one last thing. Now that we're speaking Denmark and countries. I'm not the biggest fan of the World Cup, but I have to say this to you just so you have something to brag about. But the last, the last match Denmark had was was actually between them Denmark and Australia. Oh yeah. And you won two. And, and you won two nil. Awesome. So you have that against me now. Finally, oh, no. finally, Clayton. Finally, you have something on me, huh? Finally. Every time I, I bo every time I bother you with how how lo how long your courses, you can just go like, yeah, but <laughs> we won we won the we won we won football match over you. So well, it's kind of like two wins for me because I won three out of five on your damn quiz, and That's I true. also the the Aussies beat you guys. So, so, so today's Cup. your so today's your day, Clayton. It's victory. Yeah, smells good. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Now, do you have any other announcements you want to make? Because I have seen the challenge on the How to Draw Comics group really yeah. hitting off over yeah. the last week or so. So, well, there's ten days. There's, there's ten days to go, and it's really people have been really, really creative. The my only slight issue is that they've had a hard time reading the actual rules, and I have I have had to remind them a few times to help them so they don't suddenly end up with. Their, 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 their art pieces aren't taking in as uh, yeah. as potential, but it's been really good. There's some really amazing ones. Totally. I mean, I got to say, one of my favorites is ET crossed with a joke. I was about I to thought. say. I was about to say the, uh, the same thing. He is. That's <laughs> that that that's funny because it's so it's so off, uh, far <laughs> far out. That it, that's what makes it funny. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Awesome, man. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure yet again to be with you here for this episode, Rick. So thanks so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode and, uh, yeah, that we, we kind of helped you cure some of that burnout you might have been experiencing. But um, until next time... Stay inspired, keep on creating, and uh, we'll see you here next week.